And good evening and welcome to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Dana Chopin, C70 at the bat at C70 on Twitter. Usually I have Tara Nichols with me. Uh, Tara's got some family issues and I don't know exactly when she'll be back. So we've got some guests, hosts lined up, starting with Mason. You'll find him at MassTheAce25 on Twitter. Mason, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Well, good. And I thank you for, for joining me and I look forward to talking about the first weekend of Cardinal baseball. Kind of hard to believe that we're already to this point. Um, good start, middling, you know, middle and yesterday, not so much. Let's start with a good opening day. The The legends are there. The The red jackets are there uh, and a nine to nothing win. It was really hard to do any better than what opening day was, was it? Yeah, it was one of those. You started up, you're excited. You're like, okay, this team has a lot of potential. You're, you're excited to see the young guys. But then right when the opening ceremony started, you're like, okay, here comes the, the tears in the eyes a little bit, <laughs> butterflies in the gut. And you're like, ah, who cares if we win or lose? Like, this is too awesome. And you kind of just have to thank the DeWitts and Mo for that. Yeah, I mean, all together, of course, you know, I think the Cardinals, besides the fact that they do opening day, they also know how to – to pull on the heartstrings a little bit. And and it's kind of easy when you have Pujols back and Yachty and Wainwright there. Um, I mean, it's, it'd kind of be hard to mess that up, wouldn't it? I mean, not that some teams couldn't, but, you know, it's kind of tailor-made for this kind of thing, especially in baseball. Well, for example, which made me laugh a lot, uh, Garrett Cole's excuse for having a terrible outing was mm-hmm. the, like four-minute delay. And I was like, even with all these – long drawn out ceremonies with the Cardinals opening day. Wayno still shoved like, I mean, it's a, it's a pirates keep mm-hmm. that in mind, but still he looks solid and he's 40 years old. So it's like a, one, it shows how impressive his career has been. He has that longevity, but two, uh, it also shows it's all a mental game. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and it's about making adjustments and what Albert or what uh, Wainwright especially has done over the last couple of years is pretty remarkable. It, you know, again, that said, he seems to literally own the pirates. Um, and we'll see if it continues, but I, I didn't see anything that looked like, Oh, okay. A better team would have beaten him. Um, or at least made a dent. He just looked that good. Which I thought was kind of funny just to see was his velocity was actually down and he still shoved. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not down a whole lot, but it like, the past couple of years with the averages, the I think fastball is half a mile an hour lower, maybe one mile an hour lower. But given where he was, what, 2018? Was that it? When 28, 2020, when he was throwing like 70? Um, uh, I think it was 19. Yeah. Um, you, you can't, you know, you'll take a half, half a, half a mile uh, versus that. Um, he, he seems to know, know how to do these kind of things. Um, we saw Albert make the start opening day start. That was not really in any kind of question, even though there wasn't a lefty on the mound. Um, given the use of him this week, though, do you think it's, do you think the Cardinals are going to stick to that kind of platoon thing or, you know, occasional starts against righties, but it looks like they're not just paying lip service to that. I, I, I believe Marmol's a, he's a platoon guy all the way through. Um, uh, if they didn't start Pujols opening day, there'd have been riots in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had no, he had no option to not start him, but uh, Dickerson looked solid in spring training this past weekend, a little slower, but I just don't think he was getting very good pitches to look at, but um, 
yeah, they have that split platoon. I think they finally have it how they want it, especially with the DH. I've for years I've been saying if we had a universal DH, the Cardinals would be set because one, it doesn't put as much stress on Bader to perform at the plate, being like mm-hmm. an a-hole with a pitcher behind him. Now he can actually relax a little bit and you know take pitches, look at different angles, and have a better approach because he knows there's gonna be someone behind him who can hit as well. Yeah, that it, it does help in that regard. I'm still not going to be a fan of the DH. That's just me. I'm old. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it is. But there's no doubt that the Cardinals can use it to their advantage and and seem to have it. And it's allowed for this reunion because there's no way that Albert Pujols was on this team without it. Um, exactly. So you you know, give us with one hand takes away, I guess. But I you know, looking at Albert, he went 0 for five, reached on base in a couple of errors that the Pirates made behind him but you know i i guess part of me is a little bit hesitant it's like you know, we, we keep talking about his age and all that and we're kind of half afraid that it's going to be this you know guy that needs a walker to get up there but <laughs> he still looks i mean again he doesn't looks look good. like albert pujols but he, yeah he looks like he's a presentable major leaguer which i've been seeing people say which it's i mean it's pretty noticeable as well he's moving a lot quicker like mm-hmm. with i mean off sticking the the weight out of the belly a little bit you can tell he's has a little bit more mobility but his heels, I mean, they've been shot for years, but he doesn't look like it's affecting him at all. Yeah, I mean, he had the heel problems when he was in St. Louis, um, yeah. and it's only gotten worse. But, yeah, when he came in, and I think I've said this a couple times maybe on the show, but uh, when he came in with the Dodgers last year wearing those grays, it was like, when did he get so big? You know, yeah. I mean, because even when he came with the, with Anaheim through St. Louis, it didn't he didn't seem to be that much. I thought – is either that's just not a flattering outfit or he's puts him on it. He has lost all of that. This He must have worked ridiculously hard this offseason to get into shape and to be ready to go because it's a pretty remarkable difference from when we saw him last. Yeah, I've seen him in that uh, like spring training like stretch fit shirt. Uh, he just had that broad-shouldered look like he had 10 years ago. And he just looked muscled up and just completely different for the past couple of years. Yeah. Opening day sees three home runs, two of which I think we were pretty not surprised at. You know, Tyler O'Neill hits the the bomb in the second inning. Nolan Arenado hits one late. Um, Tommy Edmund gets into one. And I know, you know, Tommy had a rough spring. What do you think of Tommy Edmund at the bottom of the slot up? Does that work for him? Uh, I love it. I'm a big Tommy fan or Tommy fan, Tommy Edmund supporter and <laughs> With him as a leadoff, it's attractive as he's a switch hitter. He's fast, but uh, struggles versus right. He's pretty bad. But having at the bottom of the lineup, I enjoy it. That gives someone who can get on base to have Carlson and Goldschmidt and Arenado, O'Neill, all of them drive in. Um, it's not someone sluggish like Yachty getting a single and then you get to you know, expect more out of him mm-hmm. on bases. Yeah, I think that it seems to – I like that as well. Um, that – that rollover after Yachty from Bader, Edmund, then you get into to Carlson and Goldschmidt, I think that's going to do a lot of damage this year. Um, it may be because Yachty makes a lot of outs, and so they're going to start off a lot of innings. But um, I kind of like that, you know, kind of that transition from the bottom of the lineup to the top. Yeah, I really like it. And one thing I've always wanted to see happen, just kind of waiting to see if it does, is if Bader can make – more contact consistently, I would like to slide him towards the top of the lineup. I think that'd be fun. He'd be the spark plug that, you know, gets rips a double, does his 
horns up to the to the <laughs> dugout, get everyone hyped up. Like, oh, I'd, I'd love to see it. It'd be electric. Yeah, and they probably they might do that, but there's no doubt Dylan Carlson seems to have. I mean, so far that I've seen, and I didn't get to watch today's game, but I know he he made an impact there there as well. He seems to have taken to that leadoff spot. It seems to not affect him one bit, to, to, and he set the table pretty well. Yeah, he took very good at bats, and then I know today's game he looked pretty solid as well. Um, that's one of the things I've seen bigger picture wise with this team is they're taking a lot better approach at the plate. Like they're not biting at early pitches, a lot of times sliders, mm-hmm. but they're actually sitting back and taking it pitch by pitch and trying to see you know what the best fit is for that count, and that's helped DeYoung a lot. I've been really excited to see DeYoung so far. The young definitely has looked a lot more like the, the player that we thought he was, you know, coming up versus the last couple of years. And most especially with two strikes. I mean, he struck out, I think yesterday I saw him strike out, but for the most part, even getting to two strikes hasn't been this automatic, okay, you know, the at-bat's over. He's been able to put balls in play and looked a lot better doing so. Yeah, and he's making, I mean, we know he hits the ball hard with power, but every time he makes contact, it seems like he's, getting good connection to the ball. So it's, I, it's not one of these I'm sitting, I'm like, oh, okay, it's, you know, it's time to put Sosa mm-hmm. in and all that, you know, try to mix it up. It's, I've been comfortable watching the young every game. Uh, now, again, it's three games against the pirates. I mean, three games against anybody. It's kind of iffy, but especially three games against the pirates. But like you said, so far, the offense seems to have kind of picked up where it was, what August to September of last year, not just in the 17 game winning streak, but that last, you know, couple of months, everything kind of finally clicked for this team and it looks like they've carried it over. I think there was at least a question of could Bader continue it? Could DeYoung find something? Could, you know, is O'Neill going to, you know, continue his run? And so far all the, all the answers are positive. Yeah. It's exit velocity has just been really nice to look at is Edmonds home run. He hit, he stroke that it wasn't just like Mm -hmm. a, Barely went over the wall, at, you know, at Bush. It's, it's hard to hit home run there to begin with. But, I mean, he tattooed that ball. Yeah. O- O'Neal, it's pretty given. I mean, Bro O'Neal's a pretty pretty large yeah. man. So, we, we expect that kind of power from him. Yeah. I mean, you, you expect I – mean, and then that's the thing. I mean, when Edmund can get into one, there's not really anybody in this lineup you would say couldn't hit a home run. You don't necessarily expect it from Yachty very often, but he he'll hit a few – and we'll see about Pujols and Dickerson. But for the most part, this lineup is stocked with a lot of power hitters. And right now, after three games, it looks like they're going to need them. Um, Miles Michaelis doesn't get through the fourth, has a 40-pitch inning to start the game. Um, Steven Matz makes his debut, and not the way he wanted to introduce himself to the Cardinal fan base with uh, seven runs in less than four innings. Um, talked a lot this winter about needing that extra starter, needing some more pitching. And right now it doesn't look like they've done anything to, to shut that down. No, it, signing Matt's, I mean, everyone's reaction was pretty much the same of really like that's who we're going with. Uh, like one of those inflated players in the big market, everyone's expecting a lot out of them. Uh, just a whole lot didn't pan out. It worked in Toronto. He did well, but just with that injury history, it's like, okay, how long can he actually hold up? I mean, he threw 95 today. He looked like that looked good. 
Uh, first two innings, I believe, or the first three innings, mm-hmm. the location was fine. It's kind of pitches were kind of going out of the zone a little bit, and then I really showed in the fourth inning when he hung that slider to Chavis. But mm-hmm. yeah, it feels everyone I think is in the same page of yeah, we know we're missing one or two pieces, at least one, and it's like how are we going to approach it to fix it? Yeah, and it's you know again, will this will this everything kind of look a little different when Jack Flaherty comes back? You know when that will be. I mean, there's some question about you know I know he's I think he started a throwing program now maybe so you're still looking at what two three weeks at the at the minimum so you're getting into May before he gets there. Um, not saying that they're gonna you know take on a whole lot of water in that time period, but we know how a slow start can can affect people you don't really want to have to deal with that, especially when you've got a guy in Jordan Hicks, that's going to take a lot of bullpen guys as well. Some of these guys got to get to the fifth or sixth inning. Um, and so far it's the question about whether they can. Yeah. I'm curious to see the Jordan Hicks project. at starting. It's, I mean, looking at it, I would love Oviedo to be ready. He's not. And that showed last mm-hmm. year and you don't want to rush his development. So, I mean, he's the fit. She's got to get him matured enough to get that that spot. But, I mean, throwing Hicks in there just feels like, a, okay, we're just going to try it to see how it, how it works. And with the position the Cardinals are in this year, I don't know if that's the right move to do. I mean, if we were if we were expecting to be like a third-place team in the Central, I'd be like, okay, that's fine, test it. But, I mean, we're 2-1. and one. I mean, it's early in the season. We're 2-1. and one, But, I mean, we've the offense is there. Like, we look like we can – definitely compete for the central. So mm-hmm. I'd like to, I'd like to see them in my opinion, take it more seriously when it comes to filling that fifth spot or even the fourth spot with Flaherty being out. Yeah. I, you know, you're like to see if you're looking at the race in general, what the Cubs did to the Brewers main starters this weekend. Um, and maybe that does mean that you're going to be able to keep pace with the Brewers a little easier than some thought, but yeah, I don't, the Hicks decision was very interesting. Um, I think it showed that there's definitely trying some more creative things, which is not something that we've been able to say about the Cardinals in a long time. Um, it is the best way to manage his innings, manage his, how regularly he gets to pitch, because that seemed to be a big deal for them in this winter. They talked about making sure he pitched on a regular basis because that helped him manage a lot of different things, especially his health. Um but boy, I just wish they had figured that out even at the beginning of spring. Cause I mean, he, he pitched what, like three innings. He started late in spring. He didn't really get a chance to do much there. The, no, they're, just, basing, uh, yeah, they're basing a lot off of his uh, Arizona fall league appearances. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, Oh, it looked good. Then I guess four months later, we'll throw into a starting role. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, <laughs> like, is that the right mood to do here? I, I mean, sure. Why not? Let's have fun with it. Yeah, and I mean, he left the Arizona Fall League early. I mean, he yeah. only pitched like one or two games out there. Yeah, two games. Um, you know, he looked good, and he was healthy. He was able to pitch two games without falling apart, which is great. That's not something we've always been able to say about Cardinal prospects. But I don't know. I mean, I get that they're not expecting him to go five innings the first time out, which is good in some regards, but I think it has affected how they've had to manage this weekend and will probably may have to affect how they manage the next few weeks because you've got to save a guy like Verhagen or a Woodford who pitched today, but you know, somebody has got to sit out to be ready to take those innings that Hicks can't do. And 
you know, when, when the other starters are going short, it makes it difficult to figure out who's going to fill in the gaps there. If you're holding out somebody and you basically have six starters for five games and, and you just, you're using a roster spot that way. It's, it's very, I think it's, it's an interesting way of trying it, but it's, it brings its own challenges. Yeah. My biggest concern seeing that situation is like, sure. Hicks can go three, maybe four. I mean, five, if you can hit five, hit five. Perfect. But after that, it's how do you use your bullpen mm-hmm. is relying on him as a starter. To me, it shows, Oh, this, we're going to treat this more like a bullpen game. Uh, Woodford's a good, as Woodford was a starter, and now it seems like he's becoming more of like a middle to long relief. So it's like, would you not just throw Woodford as a starter instead? But uh, especially with other, let's just say Michaelis pitches, and he only goes four innings, but he gets blown up one game, mm-hmm. and you have to go full bullpen. It's like, are you going to do the same thing the next night with Hicks? Right. I mean, right now you're you're hoping that well, you're get, you're really hoping that Adam Wainwright doesn't have a bad game. So he can go six, seven, or eight innings. And you gotta kinda hope that Dakota Hudson, especially this week, can go six or seven. Which, you know, if he's going well, he can, but if you know, I don't know if that's the way I want to necessarily bet. Um I mean there's a reason they brought two extra pitchers this, you know, up north. They kinda have some idea about this being an issue, but overall you know, for the fact that the Cardinals seem to like their pitching depth, it's it seems like they're they really like it because they're very content to just use it instead of trying to upgrade it. Yeah, I see it with the upgrades. I feel like one, there's just nothing out there to upgrade, and that's kind of mm-hmm. reviewing it. Uh, and two, whatever is available, like any anyone from Oakland at this point, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they view them. They're like, do we really want to spend that much to go get them? And I understand wanting to develop players and you know keep them in house, but at the same time, they're a prospect. They're not guaranteed big league talent. So I mean, once in a while, it's okay to pry away from that that talent to get something that's ready to win now. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals have shown we have really good minor league depth right now, and it wouldn't kill me to see two pieces get moved to go get a guy like Montas to fill the gap. Yeah, the Cardinals have done a, a really good job of flipping their script because, you know, about four years ago, probably before, around the Marcelo Zuna trade, Cardinals had a ton of pitchers coming up and they were able to trade out of that. Of course, maybe that didn't work out so well with <laughs> Sandy Alcantara, but yeah, that one um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But now they don't really have those kind of guys in the minor leagues. I mean, they got Libertor, who's a guy that's probably going to make an impact this year. But Zach Thompson doesn't seem to be where right there yet. He could still perhaps develop to that. There's a few other arms, but the the bats have taken over in the minor leagues. The big names, you know, if you're looking at the top ten prospects, it's going to be dominated by hitting. And so, yeah, maybe it is a spot, especially if you can get a guy with another year or two of control to take a little bit of that minor league depth and go get something that will help you not only win this year, but hopefully win the next couple of years as you start to build back up that really good um, pitching depth. Because there's a difference between having arms and having really good arms. Yeah, and that's – people are probably not going to like this opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I sit there and I'm like, you have Arenado locked up. Uh, Jordan Walker's on the rise. Like that – I went and saw him yesterday in Springfield. and Dude's Mm -hmm. a freak. So – with him coming up, it's kind of like, okay, we can throw Gorman at second, but like, is that really the fit we want? 
And it's not that we need to get rid of him. It's just, he's kind of blocked. There's just no good fit. And I, I think Jordan Walker probably got him stuck in that, that position, but I don't know. Was at second base, Edmonds great, but if you move Gorman up, then where's Edmund going to go? Um, and again, there's, like you said with the hitters, there's so much depth with it. It doesn't hurt to be creative and try to flip something for, you know, to fill a need, which would be the pitching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got, you know, you've got Alec Burleson, who I really like. I, I think could be really good. But you've also got three outfielders that you expect to be there for a good other, what, four or five years, hopefully. I mean, you've got two years at least of con- of control over all those guys. Um, and then you've got Lars Newbar, who's ahead of him. You know, you know, how deep can you go for a guy that's already at Memphis and doing well? I mean, you don't want to get him held down um, when he's really developed. And again, I'm not saying you just go out and trade him for, you know, pennies on the dollar or anything like that. But if you can make that, make a really good trade, you might have to bite that bullet a little bit. Yeah. And I know Cardinal fans are getting real antsy with, okay, it's been a while since we've, you know, got to celebrate with the Budweiser's, you know, mm-hmm. get the rings all brought out. But I, I don't, right. 2022 is, it's the year. Like it's been the window that, front office is projected the fans have been looking forward to like this is now we have to act now and i I just i'd hate to see the organization just hold on to development when they know like we have to win now and like whatever move needs to be done to put us in that that position that it just needs to be done yeah because especially you're right they've kind of had this little bit of of a window this is the transition year this is the last, I mean, we know it's the last year for Molina. We know it's the last year for Pujols. We figure it's a good chance that it's the last year for Wainwright. You know, having those guys and having that nostalgia is great, but what's better is to give those guys what they deserve, and that's another, at least another run at a title. And, you know, again, three days, we don't know. Maybe there's going to be some more development. Maybe it's just a little bit of a rough start. But, you know, these are concerns that we've had all winter long and the first few games just haven't, you know, haven't dispelled that, that they need a little bit more pitching. And, you know, again, Jack Flaherty is a, is a, a bit of a wild card there, but even when he comes back, I don't know that this rotation is, you know, strong enough. Though maybe, maybe with this offense, maybe it is. Yeah. I want to see, see how long they can carry it. Does, I mean, last year we, saw the uh, cards win this game the next game they lose win lose mm-hmm. win lose and just you set 500 for 80 to 100 games and we don't know if the brewers are going to be a 500 team at you know the same span as the cardinals will be or if they're going to you know exceed their expectations and have a 20 game lead in the central you just don't know what's going to happen i mean the cubs they could come out and do something because they well, might yeah. be making moves yeah because the cubs seem to have they're trying to kind of walk that line between um rebuilding and competing um and if they restructuring that's what that's how i like to call that little that's a that's a that's a good word for it but uh you know right now you know they're two and one just like the cardinals are and if they can hang around i mean they've got resources and you know especially money um, you just you don't want them to hang around because you just never know they might uh, they might decide that this is a good year and do something. Um, hopefully, hopefully they just you know 
tail into a spin that you know makes them rival Pittsburgh, and we don't have to worry about them. But that seems kind of unlikely, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so we got about five minutes left tonight, but. What's, uh, you know, just again, we've kind of hit a lot of the high points of this first few games, but is there any anything that stood out that we haven't addressed yet that, that you've seen as you've watched the last three games? Um, the big one that I saw was one with Goldie's walks. That just shows that he's seen the ball mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. If you walk four times in your first game, like, you're, you're pretty locked in. Everyone, I mean, Arenado's getting the praise, the praise as he should, and I mean, he's really hot right now but i i view goldie the same boat like he might not be swinging the bat but he is seeing the ball well yeah and he didn't come out of the gate feeling like he needed to you know keep that 500 streaker because you know trying to do a little too much because he felt like he was hot he's just you're right he has that eye where he was and he took some close pitches but in that first game i mean nothing that was like a you know oh that should have been a strike but there were a few that a different umpire might have called that way um and he was patient enough to take them. And again, I don't think anybody would have put down money that he would have gotten a stolen base before he got a hit, but um, it's a, it's a weird year already. Yeah. I'm just hoping with him seeing the ball that well, I'm hoping we see some inexperienced pitchers on the mound for like, you know, Cincinnati, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, uh, even Kansas city coming up, you yeah. know, someone might float a pitch up and he's going to see it like a beach ball and just absolutely <laughs> smash it. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know that the, I don't have to look it up. I didn't look it up, but you know, I don't know what the Cardinals record for home runs is, but this feels like a team, not, nobody on this team is going to hit like 50 or anything like that, but this feels like a team that could have a lot of people in the 20 to 30 range. Um, and we're, we're having a, you know, a run on fireworks a lot of times at Bush Stadium. Yeah, it could be pretty close to i believe the 2017 twins was there a team that i mean they set the record for the home runs for a team but it was just a bunch of guys you did not think had that kind of power because they all hit 20 home runs and when you fill nine to 11 guys you can do that it you're gonna produce a lot of runs and you're gonna see results from it yeah yep and it's uh you know it's a a nice thing to see. Um, it can make for some enjoyable games as long as you're not giving up, you know, as many home runs as you hit. So uh, hopefully that won't be the case. Hopefully things will, you know, shake out a little bit more. Um, the Cardinals have, let's see, they've got another game with the Pirates and two with the Royals before going up to Milwaukee for four this weekend. So, you know, by this time next week, we might have a little bit better idea um, of what we're seeing. It, it's a nice start to the season to start with Pittsburgh in Kansas City, but, you know, we'll see what that Brewers series looks like and where they are on the off day uh, a week from Monday. Um, do you have any any predictions, any expectations for the week ahead? Um, from a non-Cardinal perspective, uh, very excited to see Bobby Witt in the major league level. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. got to see him last year in Springfield, and dude's going to be – he's going to be a 20-year guy in the league. He's going to be a big name, so it's going to be fun seeing him. Um, Brewers off this past series, kind of curious to see if they rebound or if they're going to be in an early slump. So, I mean, with how hot our offense seems to be, it'd be nice to jump on them ahead and basically set a tone in the first month of the season. Yeah, especially in Milwaukee, um, which has not always been the kindest place to the Cardinals. So, 
All right. Well, we'll look and see how that goes. Um, hopefully, we'll be talking about a good, successful week next week. Uh, Mason, I thank you for joining me. Look forward to maybe doing it again sometime. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a blast. All right. Well, until next week, I'm Daniel, and that's Mason. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.